Hardly anyone knows it, but Windfall, Indiana exists. It exists in such a way that when you're there, you feel like you're in a completely separate world. No shops, no restaurants, no anything. Just a gas station, a bar, a post office, and some dirt roads. It has an energy to it. Like, you can feel a thickness in the air that offsets your intuition. It makes a human being's natural senses spike, like an animal who knows a predator is nearby. At least, that's how I personally feel about it. The entire place is off-putting. The people aren't much better either. I was only 13 when we moved there. My older sister was 16 and my younger one was 12. Both of them did considerably better than I did socially at school and I was often left by myself at our new house. Mom was working quite a bit and often stayed after hours. She said it was because we needed the money and I'm positive we did, but I think it was more so to keep her mind off the divorce. The new house was small, a three-bed, one-bath with a dining room and living room. We had a fenced-in backyard and a muddy lawn with an old tree sagging over it. It was the dead of winter, and as a 13-year-old girl going through her first of many depressive episodes to come, I submerged myself into the internet. I came home every day to an empty house, made myself a snack, and planted myself on the couch to get lost in a YouTube rabbit hole until my eyes hurt. We'd only lived in the house for a couple of weeks, but I was beginning to adjust to a new life. Sure, I didn't like windfall, but I wasn't afraid of our house. School was miserable, but I cherished my time to myself. I felt as if I was getting a small taste of the adult life that 13-year-old me was so eager to have. I wasn't scared to be alone, until I caught sight of him. Sometimes, in my YouTube crusade... I would get distracted by the TV and my laptop screen would fall asleep. I would look down, jiggle the mouse, and get back to it. But this time, there was a small shape standing behind me, in the doorway of my mom's bedroom. Just a short apparition with noticeably spiked hair. He didn't move, but the hair on the back of my neck stood up straight, and my skin began to break out in goosebumps. As quick as he appeared, he was gone. I hadn't turned to face him, but I knew in my heart it had to be a little boy. I wasn't afraid of him. The house was old, and I felt that maybe he was just curious. I didn't get that feeling that he was bad, or that maybe I should fear him. He just surprised me was all. It kind of became normal to see him. Most times, he was in the reflection of my screen, and other times I'd look up and see him leaning against the doorway of the dining room. He was never in color, only a black shadow that faded away as soon as I blinked. I didn't want to tell my sister or my mom. I'd been getting horribly bullied at school nearly every day, and I felt if I were to say something, they would just make fun of me or simply call me crazy. I didn't want them to think I couldn't handle being alone. Either way, he was harmless. At first. 
Soon he began to appear closer to me, or things in the house would fall over mysteriously. Cabinets would slam shut or the TV would turn off. Curtains would sway as if someone had run their hands through them. I would just blare my headphones and stay put on the couch, staring at my laptop and praying that somebody, anybody, would come home. I'd see him and my face and palms would begin to sweat. I started to feel like maybe the curious spirit wasn't so innocent. Like he was teasing me or pushing his limits to see just what he could do to instill fear in me. I never tried to talk to him or communicate and, quite honestly, I had no interest in trying. The first time I ever saw him in detail, I was in bed. My little sister and I shared a room and I had the top bunk while she was on the bottom. I began to wake in the middle of the night, sweaty with my heart racing. Each night, I would look over the railing of my bed and see him standing in the dead center of my room, and staring at my little sister as she slept. He could have only been seven years old. He was skinny, and he had a red plaid button-up shirt tucked into black pants. He had spiked, bleach-blonde hair and pale blue eyes. What stuck out about him was how white his skin was. He looked nearly albino, yet his lips were a deep shade of purple. I'd be too afraid to close my eyes, or to even breathe. I would wake in the nights to come, holding my eyes shut because I knew when I opened them, he'd be there. Some nights, my sister wouldn't be in her bed because she was still young enough to want to sleep in mom's bed, and he'd still just stand there, staring not acknowledging me or letting it be known that he knew I was there, but I knew he knew. As I kept this secret, our household began to fall apart. My sisters and I were constantly fighting, my depression was worsening, and self-harm crept into my daily life. My mother began to drink heavier, and in fits of rage or sadness, she would say things she didn't mean. She changed into a person filled with anger when she'd once been so loving and sweet. My family began to feel like strangers to me. This led to even more time in the house on my own, as my sisters used their friends' houses as an escape. I had made no friends at my new school, so the only thing I could do to get away was to take a walk to the gas station, or to play with the dog the next-door neighbors kept chained outside to a tree. Every time I would see the little boy, I would stop what I was doing and go sit with that dog. I'd stay put for a few hours until someone arrived home. Things hit their peak when it came time for me to bathe. I loved baths, but for some reason, when I took baths at this house, I felt nothing but anxiety. My chest would tighten and burn when I'd lay back to wash my hair and I'd feel like I couldn't bring myself back up. I'd scream for my mother because I often felt paralyzed with fear. Even just looking at the bathtub gave me an uneasy feeling, and it sent my heartbeat banging through my ears. Eventually, my anxiety of baths evolved into a full-fledged fear of water. Swimming pools, baths, leaks, it's all ruined for me. When I think back on it, 
It never felt as if the house had a happiness to it. Only darkness and that same energy that Windfall emitted so strongly. I was overcome with relief when Mom let us know that she and my stepdad had worked things out and we'd be moving back home. I couldn't have gotten out of that house fast enough. The only thing I didn't want to leave behind was the neighbor's dog. I'd learned to shove away those memories. The little boy's face still popped up in my dreams from time to time, but I'd gotten over my anxiety of being home alone. Mom got better, and she eventually went back to being her old self again. Time passed, and the depression got easier to manage. I'd nearly forgotten about him. We'd all been drinking around the bonfire one night, shooting the stuff, and talking about old memories. I was 20 now, and I felt like I could bring up the boy and handle whatever backlash I got from it. I asked my mom if she remembered the house and if she ever saw anything there. Oh, for sure. That place was haunted as hell, were her exact words. Yeah, my older sister chimed in. There was a little boy there, but he was not a little boy. I felt my heart drop to my stomach. He was evil. I'd always see him running around the dining room table or standing in mom's doorway. That's why I was always at Olivia's, because I hated that freaking house. She continued on. I told them my story. All of it. I told them why I'd suddenly become so afraid of water and why I hated being alone. Oh, it wasn't just him. There was an old woman there, too, my mom said. She would stand in the dining room and tell me to get out of her house. I'd wake up in the middle of the night and she'd be standing at the end of my bed, staring at me, pissed as hell. That's why I'd get up in the middle of the night and grab your sisters out of bed, so she could sleep next to me, because I was so scared. The worst time it happened, I woke up and I saw that boy sitting on my dresser, swinging his legs. He hopped off the dresser and walked to the side of my bed, and he jumped at me. He jumped straight at me, and then disappeared. Mom continued on. When we left, I looked up the house, and it turns out, an old lady used to own that house, and she died there. What about the little boy? I asked. Yeah, a little boy died in the house back in the 70s. He drowned to death. Since leaving that house, I've returned to Windfall a handful of times to visit family. The energy? Still there. That heaviness and otherworldliness? As years go on, more and more ghost stories emerge from Windfall and the people who've lived there. Native American spirits and little children. There's something about that place that falls just perfectly on a wave of paranormal possibilities. It radiates with things that I don't know if we as a species will ever be able to wrap our head around. Windfall, Indiana exists, and so does everything else in it. I always wondered if there was something wrong with me. There are two events in my life that made me feel this way. One was when I was only 10 years old, and another at 13 years old. These events scared me. I'm not someone who believes in premonitions. 
I mean, I believe other people can have them, but not me personally. It was one of those things that happens to everyone else, not me, moments. But it did happen to me, and I wish it hadn't. I really hate the feeling and honestly give credit to all those who get these premonitions and handle it. When I was 10 years old, almost 11, my dad passed away. But the thing is, I didn't even know what was going on. I was a very naive kid back then. I believed everything my parents told me. My dad would go to the hospital a lot around the time I had just started 4th grade, so I was 9 when I started noticing this. This is also around the time my mom was pregnant, so I never thought it was weird of him to go, since my mom would go with him too. I never paid attention to what hospitals we went to, since I was just a kid who was forced to go and wanted to go home. Well, one day, my dad went to the hospital in the middle of the night. The funny thing is, that night, I never went to sleep. I felt something was off, so how could I sleep? I heard my mom panicking, and my baby sister, who was born six months ago, woke up crying from the noise while my little sister, who was six, woke up confused at what was happening. My mom was on the phone. I didn't know who she was talking to, but she made two calls. Now, I know who she was calling. It was my older brother and our neighbor, who are our family friends. I didn't know what was going on or where our dad was. There was a knock on the door, and I saw it was our neighbors who had come over. All I was told was my mom and dad had to go somewhere, so I had to stay with them, and my sisters would be there too. This was my first time going to someone's house to sleep over. When I say that, I mean at a friend's house. More like best friends. The neighbors have kids, and the youngest was only a year younger than me. I was always at their house to hang out, but was never allowed to sleep over because my dad was always overprotective of us. So I thought it was weird that I was allowed to, and in the middle of the night. I never thought at this very moment my dad was in the hospital. That night, in my neighbor's house, I couldn't sleep either. All night until morning, I was awake. I didn't think it was weird because it was my first time sleeping somewhere that isn't my house or at a family member's house, but I still had a really bad feeling that whole night. I didn't like it. I still got up and went to school like any normal day, just this time, I was taken to school by my neighbors. I was late that day because they always wake up late. This went on for the next three days and on the fourth day, I was finally able to go home. I just wished it wasn't like that. I went home with my little sister, and I saw my mom in the kitchen. My sister went to our room, and my baby sister was still with the neighbors. I saw my mom just sitting there with her hands on her face. I could hear her crying. I wanted to ask where my dad was, but I had a feeling I shouldn't. I went up to my mom, and I just hugged her. I didn't like seeing her like that. She hugged me back really tight like I was about to disappear. 
After a couple moments, she calmed down enough to tell me what was wrong. That night, my dad was taken to a hospital because he was really sick. I then asked where my dad was. She looked at me with sad eyes. He's gone. He went to visit his parents and can't come back. I knew what that meant. He had passed away. I cried with my mom, and this time she comforted me. That explained why I had such a bad feeling, but I didn't want to believe it. So I made myself believe that the bad feeling was just because I slept at the neighbor's house for the first time, and it worked. Until I was 13 years old, I believed that lie. When I was 13, I had just gotten out of middle school. It was in summer, literally on the day of the 4th of July, when this happened. I had a friend who I went to school with. We weren't close, but we did talk a lot. So I found it weird when I had gotten this premonition. On the day before the 4th of July, my best friend was over at my house to sleep over. My church has this thing where every 4th of July we go to the park and celebrate together, and my best friend was going to come with me. We did an all-nighter that night, since I had asked her to. I just couldn't go to sleep that night. It went like any normal sleepover. Facebook was just a thing for kids our age, so we were talking to someone at the church that she had a crush on. It was morning. I was ready to go to the park when I got a message from my friend wishing me a happy 4th of July, hoping that I had fun. That was the last message I ever got from her. I went with my best friend to the park, but instead of having fun like any other 4th of July, I just felt wrong. Like, something bad had happened. It wasn't until I got home and went on Facebook that I realized why. I was confused on why everyone was posting on their status, RIP, in my friend's name. I was thinking it was some bad joke, but then one of my friends had a link to the news article. It said there was an accident on the freeway. A family was driving with more people in the car than there should be in the car, with no seatbelts on, and a girl had flown out of the window. I started to cry. I was scared. The memories of my dad came back, and it was the same feeling. I had to believe it now. I had one other experience of a premonition, but I won't share it yet. I'm not ready. I'm 23 now, and it happened when I was 17, but I'm still not over it. I'm scared every day that one day I'll get the feeling again and I'll lose someone else. But I gotta keep moving and not stay still, or else I'll feel like I'm gonna go insane. I get these premonitions might be warnings to prepare myself for what's going to hurt more later, but how am I to know who I'm about to lose? I just hope that if there's anyone out there who experiences these types of premonitions, I hope they don't do it alone. It was a lovely fall day, about 60 or 70 degrees, so really good weather to sit outside and relax. I was laying back in my hammock, watching, I think it was a corpse husband video. For reference, dusk had just fallen and the sky was painted beautifully in varying shades of pinks and orange. 
A slight breeze ruffled the leaves in the trees surrounding my house, and crickets chirped carelessly into the sky. My son, who was about ten months old at the time, was quietly playing with a few of his toys. Now, before I get into the encounter, which was only a couple of seconds at most, I need to describe the deck that my hammock is on, so you can get a better idea of how relatively safe we were. The deck, at its highest point, was 15 foot off the ground and enclosed. The railing comes up to my chest, and I am about 5 foot 4. That being said, even recalling it makes my blood run cold. Since it was just now dusk, there was a little bit of light left and the woods were relatively dark, but not completely engulfed by it. I had gotten deep into my video when I noticed that everything just went silent. I glanced at my son who was rubbing his eyes and trying to not fall asleep. Perfect. By the end of this video, he should be ready for bed, and I can get started on my chores. After looking back at my phone, and my finger hovered over the play button, I heard what I can only describe as the most blood-curdling sound I had ever had displeasure of hearing. It sounded kind of like a human screaming, but also inhuman at the same time. At this point, I looked back at my child, and he just looked back with his eyes wide. I could see that he was absolutely terrified, and tears dripped silently down his face. I did something that was probably really stupid, but my curiosity got the best of me. I turned my screen off and slipped my phone into my pocket. I ducked down, and I slowly crept to the edge of my deck. I could hear rustling in the leaves and what sounded like grunts and groans. My first thought was, <laughs> my brother's messing with me. What a prankster. Then, my brother quietly opened the door and looked at me, mouthing, Angel, what the hell was that? Terror struck through me and froze my blood, and my heart thudded against my chest. I motioned for him to be quiet and slowly lifted my head over the edge of the railing. Then, I felt the color drain from my face as my eyes rested upon... I don't even know what it was. This... thing? Was a pale, pinkish-gray in color. Hunched over, its knees were jutted out behind it, and luckily its back was to us. I signaled for my brother to move as I moved to grab my son, scooping him up in my arms and booking it into the house. Then, I closed the door and ran into my room, closing all of the curtains and praying to whatever gods were listening that the thing didn't hear us. A short while after hiding in my room, my son fell asleep. I let out a sigh and moved to pull my phone out so I could text my husband about what the hell I just saw, but then the scratching at my window began. I hoped it was just Cerberus, my hound Australian Shepherd mix, but I remembered that he was off his lead and likely exploring like he always does. The scratching went on for a few minutes before I heard my brave dog snarling and barking at whatever was at my window. 
He is by no means a terrifying dog. He's the biggest sweetheart I've ever met, and he has never snarled like that. Him and my son are, to this day, inseparable. Anyways, I digress. My dog is losing his mind, and I hear him closing in. The scratching stops, and I hear rapid footsteps running off into the cow's field on the other side of the house. He doesn't give chase. Instead, he stays right by my window. I wish the story ended here, but my roommate also saw this creature, so I'll take the liberty of adding his story here too. He was driving home from work and turned out of the curvy road that leads up to my house. After one more curve, it's a straight shot there. Anyway, he turned the corner and sees the same figure that I did, that my dog chased off. Except he saw it change forms. In his words, its body twisted and contorted until a large black wolf took its place right in the middle of the road. The now wolf just stared at my roommate through the windshield of his truck while he was thinking he was about to die. Luckily, he didn't. The wolf just ducked its head and crossed the road, never to be seen again. He told me this after he found me shaking in the basement smoking a cigar, and after I recounted my encounter to him. There was also a time where my brother heard my husband calling for him from the house, as he, my brother, was out walking in the woods. The only problem was that my husband had left for work hours prior. Luckily, he called me instead of looking for the source. He made it home safely. I have some ideas what it was. I believe it could have been a skinwalker, but... That's probably the Native American in me speaking. When I was in my early teens in the 2000s, my family, mom, stepdad, and brother, and I went on a holiday to a beautiful cottage in Wales. We liked to explore the area, so we drove around a lot stopping at abandoned houses on the way, taking some interesting pictures and just enjoying the scenery. One evening, we drove to this small village on the coast, which seemed like just any other out-of-the-way village in Wales. From our arrival, the trip went bad, starting with almost driving off of the cliff due to it being completely pitch black. After composing ourselves from our near-death experience, we wandered along the cliff edge where we found a trail leading down to the water. As we started walking down this road, we started to see some abandoned houses, some of which looked like they were almost built into the cliff. On the water side, there was a three-story building between the road and the water. All of these buildings were obviously abandoned. As my brother, seven to eight years old at the time, was looking around, he noticed a light switch on in the top floor of the three-story building to our left. The light stayed on for about 10 to 20 seconds, which really freaked him out, and he insisted that we leave. We tried to calm our nerves and stay to look around for a few more minutes, 
but all of us started to feel very uneasy. On top of the cliff, uh, probably about a mile or two away, was a huge building which resembled either a prison or an old-fashioned asylum. Before we left, an alarm from this huge building started blaring in the distance, so we just got the hell out of there. As we left the cliff and started driving through the village, a police car appeared behind us, no lights, following our every turn in the pitch black. My brother and I, who were in the back of the car, could not take our eyes off of this police vehicle. It followed us continuously until we reached the sign which said, Welcome to... something. Neither he nor I can remember exactly where this was. After this, the car drifted off into the distance and out of view. All of us were very shaken up by this experience, most likely made worse by it being late at night, with very little light pollution. Since this experience, we have tried multiple times to find out where this village is. No matter how hard we look, we cannot find it, which adds to the creepiness. This happened to me about four years ago. I used to have the app Instagram, and let me tell you this, I use it a lot to post photos and other stuff like that. I had a lot of followers on there, and most of them were nice and calm. Anyways, this story still gives me nightmares to this day. I was at home when someone started following me. Let's call him Parker. Parker looked to be in his late 30s. He was bald and even wore glasses. By the look of it, he looked like a creep. So, he started texting me basic stuff like, How's your day going? What did you eat today? Etc. It first started off good. He sent me a photo of a house I would easily recognize as my own house. I was shocked. I asked him how he found my house. He said, I just knew. So I blocked him. About a week later, another account started following me. The message said, how dare you block me? And he sent a photo on his, quote, other account. It was Parker again. And his face was angry and he said, I will track you down and I will kill you. I blocked him again. And a day later, some other random account added me. It was Parker again. He said, Your life is over. And that is when I blocked him again. That night, I was watching something on TV when someone knocked at my door. I answered, and it was Parker. I hit him as hard as I could, and I ended up calling the cops. Come to find out, Parker was a person who escaped from prison a few months back and he was harassing people like me. He was arrested, and subsequently thrown in jail. So, let's not meet again, Parker. So that was five true scary stories. 
a bit of a grab bag mix, as I've done earlier this month, and I decided to do it again because I like doing this, so hopefully you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy this and you want some more like it, you know what you can do? You can hit that thumbs up button, tell me you liked it in the comments. You can also subscribe to the channel, to the channel, to the channel, the channel, not channel, anyway. Subscribe to the channel with that bell icon next to it. Hit it all. Make make it say all. Hit it and make it say all. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. You can also follow me on all my social media platforms or support the channel through Patreon or Coffee or channel members. All of it optional. All of it appreciated. That all said, my lovely friends, I hope you're having a wonderful week and I hope I will see you on the next video. But of course... Until that time arises, sleep well.